Welcome to episode 18 of Your Town Crime. This week we travel to Escalante, Utah. We talk about the beauty of Utah and a horrific crime that rocked the small town of Escalante. Thanks to Podbean.com for helping us get our podcast out to the world. We would also like to thank Podbelly.com for teaching us how to make a podcast. You can find us on their podcast directory at Podbelly.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey, Shannon, how you doing? Hey, Jason, how's it going? <laughs> it's the most awkward thing because we've been sitting here talking for a while and then we got to act like we haven't to start this thing. So it's always weird. Like, hey, how you doing? We know how we're doing. We've been talking to each other. How you guys doing? We hope you're doing fine. And this is episode 17. Uh, seven, no, really? Yeah. You sure? I thought it was 18. Is it? It is 18. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> episode 18 hope you guys are having had a great week since last week when we talked about hancock maryland wait do i almost convince you every time when i'm so confident 17 a little bit <laughs> yeah i was like seven, hold on i gotta look i'm pretty sure i wrote down 18 i checked the michael jordan never won a championship yeah you definitely convinced me of things that i was like oh, it doesn't sound right but uh, i can't trust myself on on sporting sporting trivia sometimes especially new newer stuff NBA. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we've had a pretty big week here in, in our little town. We had a festival this weekend. Yes, it was so fun and yeah. so many people. Yeah, it was Blooms, Bluegrass, Blooms, Bluegrass and Barbecue. Yes. That's the name of it. Yeah, so we're in a little town. We haven't said yet, but we're from Sweetwater, Tennessee. I guess we'll say that. Uh, shout out to our city people who put this together. Great yeah. job. Yeah, it did a great job. There was there was blooms everywhere. They had flowers all over Main Street, uh, topiaries that looked like banjos and guitars and music mm-hmm. notes for the, and had had blue bluegrass music. Uh, two different spots had a picker's corner uh, for people to pick bluegrass. And I didn't get to take my guitar. I was too busy with barbecue. <laughs> uh, we had barbecue. Yes. Yep, no, I did. did a do competition. That. I had a competition, right? And so yes. Jason's yeah. not saying it, but him and his dad right. won first place. My dad won first place. He was the, I held the flashlight. <laughs> in the best brisket. Yeah, best brisket, first place in brisket, first place in ribs, and third place in chicken. Okay. So, that's amazing. Out of seven competitors, so. Hey, that's still good, that though. narrows it down a little bit. It wasn't an officially <laughs> sanctioned barbecue event by the whoever, the KC, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, who cares? They don't yeah. need to know that. <laughs> Just local people judging, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a, a great time. My dad had a good time. It's the first time he's got to do a barbecue competition in a while, and he had a lot of fun. <laughs> he so, did. It was yeah, fun. He he had a blast, and then he won, and that made everything better and he he did pretty much everything himself as far as the cooking i just like i, I really just held a flashlight and said <laughs> and we got stuff and handed him things and i uh, just helped out all i could but so i'm proud of him it was a fun week uh i also had a carnival that was yes. cool yeah we were standing in line <laughs> i don't know that i should actually say this but we were standing in line we could cut it out when you do uh at the merry-go-round 
Is that what it's called? I don't know. The carousel. The carousel. Oh, carousel yeah. yeah, sorry. The carousel. Mary go around the other thing. Carousel. And we were next in line to get on. It was still going. And all of a sudden, like, you hear a big pop. You could hear the metal clanging. And they had to stop the ride. And they were looking under, trying to see what fell, like, what part fell. No, <laughs> and no. I was like, uh, maybe let's just go to the next one. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a little. I got on the Ferris wheel. Oh Lord! And I got up to the top, and I, I'm about 290 pounds, six three, about. I am 290 pounds, six foot three. I felt very top heavy. I felt every bit of 290 pounds when I got up there. I like was doing safety checks. I was looking for. I was like, can I hold myself up with one hand? Is do I still have the grip strength? That I used to when I was 220. <laughs> Can I hold myself up? Can I hold my son up too? And like, yeah, is that bolt tight? Is that bolt tight? It started shaking, you know, just bouncing around and, and swaying from side to side. I'm like, I don't think this is the best decision I've ever made. Did Huck notice your... Uh, my white knuckles? Yeah. <laughs> he... he he was white knuckled too, so yeah. I don't think he's paying attention to me. He was hanging on for dear life too. Well, I put Mason in one of the little cars because he's two, and he, when I put him in it, he was fine. But then the guy was like, "Are you ready?" And he was in his face, and then he started scream crying. <laughs> so I had to get him off. I was like, "Just don't look him in the eye." Oh wow! <laughs> but he did go down the slide a few times, and he loved it. And That's he went good. down by himself once, That's so great. that was pretty good. It was big. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Did he get his face painted? No. No. We didn't either. <laughs> Huck didn't. But I saw saw a couple of the, couple couple of her friends' girls had their face painted. And they mm-hmm. look cute. So. Yeah. It is cute. Yeah. A fun I, time. I also met a guy downtown this weekend that ties into this podcast. What? How? Well, he... <laughs> he good job at... Not a very good actor. What? <laughs> what? How? I, I thought that was good. You know how. I told you this story already. <laughs> Um, he, um, he's renovating a building in town, uh, our main street, uh, is pretty old, you know, like most main streets in the Eastern United States, it's, it's pretty old, you know, hundred, hundred plus years old, brick buildings, uh, wood floors, that kind of deal. So he's renovating, he's putting an N in. N in? N in, <laughs> yeah. I had to pause. <laughs> he is, yeah, m- making a new business. It's going to be an N and a, it used to be a, uh, a, a pharmacist for a long time, maybe a hundred years. There was several different pharmacists, pharmacists that were in that building. Mm-hmm. The last pharmacist, uh, still just retired a few years ago. He, uh, he bought it from his dad who brought it, bought it from another pharmacist that was there and they sold it to this guy. He's got an inn, called it remedies Inn. Uh, so if you're ever in Sweetwater, you can stay there. Uh, I think they're doing VRPO first, but they want to do a little boutique type deal. But anyway, the guy that that's over that, I didn't know him, and it's a small town, so I was like, hey, I don't know <laughs> hey, you. Who are you? My name's my name's Jason. What You know, we introduced <laughs> ourselves, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I said, where are you from? He said, Louisiana. And I was like, oh, cool. So anyway, when I got home, he had some, uh, it was some the, the town had shared one of his posts about the, the inn and all that, and I had seen it before, but I didn't know him. But now that I met him, I added him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at his Facebook to say, hey, you know, to see, see who he was, <laughs> stalk him a little bit, I guess, you know, just find out. Not really stalk, <laughs> but just be like, hey, he's from Louisiana. But anyway, he went to college in Natchitoches. Okay, so in, cool. Uh, in Northwestern State. That is so, so weird. Like, hey, so now I need to tell him. 
Yes. It's a little weird that I'm telling you guys on this podcast before I'm telling him, but I will tell him. So, <laughs> hey, I did this little podcast. And that is so cool. Nakedness. So he can tell us if he we might, yeah. messed up anything or if we could add anything great, right. and then we can add it in the next time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. He looks like a baseball player. I'm just assuming now. Okay. He's kind of like a baseball player. Huh. That's the vibe I'm getting. That so. could be a compliment. Well, baseball players wear chains. Does he wear a chain? <laughs> I don't know. Do baseball cha- players wear chains? I feel in, like any baseball the, player wears. In 2000-ish. I feel like they all still wear chains. Yeah. Like, it's coming back now. I don't know. but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I saw a lot of, yeah. I saw a lot of high school kids wearing chains. Yeah, it's like lately. coming back. But it reminds me a lot of baseball players. They wear okay. those thin chains. and. I don't know, but I'll check next time. I'll let you know if he's wearing a chain. If hey, he is hey, solid. Dude, you, wearing a, you wearing a chain? Can I see, you know, yeah. see your neckline? Are you a baseball player? Yeah, I don't know. But he is – I don't know if he played sports, but anyway, he uh, made his way to Tennessee, and now he's doing great things in our town. So cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that was a that was a good tie-in. That is so random. I know it. I know. <laughs> I was like Natchitoches. I didn't know that. And when I saw it, I was like, "Hey, I think that school's in, in Natchitoches." And I pulled it up. I'm like, "Yeah, that's the same one. That's crazy." <laughs> And then Jason gets on Google Earth, and he's, like, driving down the road, and he's like, this is where he lived. No. I don't know that much about him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but, Jason, I had to tell you, last week we talked about Bill and Melinda Gates, right. and we were, like, throwing out ideas, like, why are they getting divorced? And it might have been you that mentioned Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Well, Uh-oh. on dum, different dum, dum. news outlets like E! News, Vanity Fair, The Today Show... Yesterday, they were all talking about how that he had ties to Jeffrey Epstein, and Melinda was upset about it. Whoa. Hit. I mean, if you believe everything the media says, you might be right. I just threw that out there. <laughs> I just threw it out there like as a guess and just kind of joking around. But That was a good guess. That's uh, that's pretty scary. Yeah. That's messed up. Yep. Well. Wow. I told so. you. You were all for him. I told you. I was for, I'm not for him now. If he's got, he is gone. I'm just kidding. I'm not using a, but yeah, if he's got any ties to Epstein, he's, he's done. He's out. He's yeah. done. He's, he's, he will not get any credit for anything ever again. That'll be it for him. Yeah. That's a good thing to cancel. I'm yeah. not big on cancel culture, but that's definitely. A sex trafficking, yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. Canceled probably, for sure. You yeah. need to go away. You need to go away. <laughs> you uh, heard it here first. <laughs> well, I'm not the only one to say that, so that's not canceling. That's uh, justice. Mm-hmm. Anything else going on this week? I don't think so. We're just trying to recover from a busy weekend. Yeah, that was. It was very busy. Mm-hmm. And um, baseball season's about over. We've got one more game. That's it for this year. Oh, no. I think so. Anyway, Huck, Huck's had a great season. He had a lot of fun. <laughs> he can hit the ball pretty good, but we got a little work to do in the field. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll is, be fine. Is he going to play football or flag football? I don't know. He's not really showed any interest in football. He likes okay. soccer, so okay. we'll see. If he wants to play it some, someday, I'll let him. I, I enjoyed it, and I always wanted to play when I was little, and I didn't get a chance until mm-hmm. I was – my dad said, you're bigger than I am. I'll just <laughs> play football if you want. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I was <laughs> – 600 or 62 <laughs> <laughs> no, 62 200 pounds you know sophomore yeah he's like you can, you can play if you want to I was like, you're bigger than me I was like, okay so I was <laughs> finally now that I don't know what I'm doing and everybody else does this is gonna be fun so, yeah I wasn't good but I had a lot of fun and I was I was I was big and got in the way and yeah and that's about it <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> hey Roy come here <laughs> 
you know our defense? We're getting killed one game. You know our defense? No, not really. How about I just go after the ball? Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I went out there and got a tackle. I was like, okay, I guess I can do something. Yay, but, uh, player of the game. <laughs> no, I got like one tackle. That's it, and barely. So, But I got it, but. Well, I got that that in the books. I even checked with the with the score the scorebook guy. I was like, "Did you get me down for that tackle?" I mean, I was like, "I haven't done anything." You know, I was on offense. The offensive linemen don't get any credit for anything. And uh, so I was like, "Did you get me? Did you, did you put me down for that tackle?" He's like, "Yeah, I got you." I was like, "Yes, sweet. I'm down for a tackle." I felt like Rudy, I'm not a foot taller, but felt like Rudy. Oh anyway. gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Shannon was a basketball star in high school. No, I was not a star. No, you were good. You were good. I was okay for a girl. Tenacious. Tenacious. Her nickname was Tenacious D. It was not. I'm just kidding. I changed my Instagram handle, though. I kind of like that. We did call a girl in in, in college. We called her Tenacious D. There's a band, you know, Jack Black's band's called Tenacious D. Oh, yeah, okay. So it kind of fit into that. It had a... Double for different reasons. Yeah, for different reasons. But <laughs> tenacious D. That's hilarious. She was she was quick anyway. <laughs> but uh, all right, so I guess we can move into Escalante or Utah. Escalante. Escalante. Well, I, I found one thing on YouTube <laughs> where it was some local, uh, a local, uh, talking about it, and she, they were talking about the different ways to say it. She says. She says, when she just says it to her family or whatever, she says, Escalante. Escalante. She okay. leaves the E off then. But when she answers the phone in her business, she says, Escalante. 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 Hmm. Okay. And then, but, she's, but other people say Escalante. And it's named after a dude, so I'm guessing it's Escalante. He was Spanish, so. Okay. Put an E at the end. Make it sound cool. Yeah. Like Joe Dirte. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe Dirt, got to bring him into this somehow, huh? All right, um, so I'll just jump into, jump right in. I say this, and it's another one of my sayings, huh? I'm just going to jump right into Escalante, Utah. It's in Garfield County. Population, it's another small town. What, what was the population last week? Remember? Uh, no. It was small. It was small, but not as small as this. Right. This is. Almost 800, not quite. 700 and something. Uh, I rounded up to 800. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost, 800, almost 800 people. And it's in the middle of nowhere, Utah, but that's a good thing because Utah is beautiful. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that I saw why – I've never been to Utah except the, the airport. I've seen it from the air. I've always wanted to go. Um, so uh, hopefully one day I'll get to go. But, you know, you start – if you Google Escalante, Utah, you're going to start seeing, you're going to see pictures automatically of mm-hmm. these beautiful uh, washes, uh, the rocks that have been washed and eroded over time with water and sand and wind and whatever. Uh, you know, the, what you think of when you think of Utah, that's what you see here. And it was, it was just beautiful. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. So um, <clears throat> it was named after a guy, like I said earlier, from uh, from Spain, his name was Silvestre Vélez de Escalante. Okay, I'm sure I butchered that, but <laughs> Sylvester, but it was the R E instead of E R. <laughs> so uh, Silvestre Vélez de Escalante. I feel like that sounds okay. That sounds okay. 
sounds like I can fake it till I make it. But he was a, a French Franciscan missionary, and he was born in Spain around 1750. He became a Franciscan at the age of 17 in Mexico City. So from Spain, he moved to Mexico. In Mexico City, he became a Franciscan. In I don't know what exactly a Franciscan is. I've heard of Franciscan monks, but I didn't look into that. I have no idea. So, um, in 1776, he and Francisco Antonazio Dominguez left Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they were trying to find a route to um, to the missions in Monterey, California. So, like you do, you head north from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would do. I'd head west, but Arizona's to the west, and Arizona's not too friendly. So, I guess they were like, maybe if we head north. I was trying to figure out why they went north because okay. it just doesn't make sense to me. If you're in New Mexico, why would you head north to go west? So I guess they thought <laughs> we go if we go north, maybe we'll find some better, some better, a better route than heading through the the badlands, the 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 desert in Arizona. So we'll head head north into California, Colorado. <clears throat> yeah, Colorado <laughs> into the mountains. Yeah, so we'll head north into the to the mountains in Colorado. I guess they didn't really get into those, but they. Uh, so they turned left, went west, and uh, were, were bouncing around in Utah, and it was pretty rough. Uh, but they met some of the, the Ute Native American tribe and uh, some guides from, from that tribe, helped them out a little bit, and took them around south uh, southeastern, south Utah. And they ended up back in Arizona, um, the north rim of the, of the uh, Grand Canyon. Okay. And they got there, and they're like, uh, I guess – we just kind of almost went in a circle. So we'll just head back to Santa, <laughs> Santa Fe, New, New Mexico. So they went back. Um, they never did make it to California, but the route was mapped. So the map was used later. They didn't go to Escalante, the town. Uh, that wasn't named for him then. Um, but they were down in southeastern Utah. There's several places that are named after Escalante. There's the Escalante Desert, uh, the Escalante River. There's, of course, of course, a town that was named later. Uh, and then there's the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. So that's pretty big. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, had a huge influence in the area, and so did uh, Dominguez. Uh, you can find out about those guys, uh, so, some more about them and their travel and their expedition. Um, but their maps, what I was saying, uh, their maps were used in creating the old Spanish trail from Santa Fe to the Pacific Coast. So they did kind of find the bad areas and said, Hey, don't go here. This area is better. This area is better. And they kind of got through the worst of it. Um, but they were just so worn out and it was so tough that they, they came on back to Santa Santa Fe. But in the future, people used, uh, their, their maps to make the, the entire journey. And it, it did kind of cut down like Arizona, New Mexico, or excuse me, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, down in that corner and into California that way. Kind of, there's probably, probably the interstate that runs from Las Vegas into California probably is pretty close to where they went. Mm-hmm. I looked at a map, and I, I didn't look at it closely, but that's about, about the direction it headed. Um, so that, was, that probably is close to the trail if it's not, uh, if not right on it. After this time, there wasn't a lot of people in the area. Uh, just the Native Americans, the Utes, uh, were the main the main Native American tribe that were in the area. This is where the Wild West days uh, start. 
uh, the cowboy and Indian days, if you want to say that. I know that's not politically correct now, but that's what, if you're thinking about it, that's what, if you're looking at the old Westerns uh, from back in the, the 40s and 50s and earlier into the 60s and 70s, and all the cowboy and Indian wars and, uh, you know, the John Wayne movies and all that stuff that had to do with, with everything, uh, that's kind of what went on in this area. Uh, there was the Black Hawk War, and that was the big one. And uh, Captain James Andrews, he came through the Escalante area, and uh, he named the area around where Escalante town is, around that area, or close by anyway, the Potato Valley, because they found wild potatoes. Oh. So I didn't know there was such thing as wild mm. potatoes, but I guess if there's tame tomatoes, there had to be wild tomatoes at one point, and I guess there yeah. there was at the in, back in that day. I uh, wonder if there still are, if they've all been, like, oh, there's got to be. It's got to be wild potatoes. I'm gonna, <laughs> I if I ever go know. to Utah, I'm going to ask. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the war, the war started. This is Ca- Captain James Andrews came into the came into Utah um, because of the Black Hawk War. Um, the war lasted from 1865 to 1872. It was against. It was between the Mormons and 16 tribes of the Ute, the Southern uh, Paiute. Uh, the Apache and Navajo uh, tribes, and it was led by the Ute war chief, um, Black Hawk. So that's that's what gave it the name of the Black Hawk, Hawk War. They're not sure what exactly started it, and it wasn't started in Escalante. It started north of, north of there, but it 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 did. There was attacks, and there was uh, there was groups chasing other groups, and and some battles and fights all over Utah and southern Utah. Uh, but they're not sure exactly what started it. Uh, both sides kind of agree that it wasn't one thing, but a bunch of things kind of adding up uh, on top of it. But the main thing is uh, the Utes and the other tribes that were living in the area had lived there peacefully and kind of kept separated and did their own thing for thousands and thousands of years. And then the white people came in. And, As they did. Yeah. And <laughs> started ruining it like we do. So, uh so that's really what started it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we wouldn't have come into that area, if white people wouldn't have, if the Mormons wouldn't have come in that area, it, this wouldn't have happened. So that's obviously the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did leave, live peacefully for a while. And then uh, uh, small, smallpox started coming in and, you know, people started dying. And we talked about this up in, up in uh, Washington state, mm-hmm. the same kind of thing happened, Washington, Oregon, uh, where, you know, people were dying and the Native Americans were dying and they thought it was, uh, you know, almost witchcraft, that kind of thing. Uh, so that was happening. Uh, there were some attacks. There was, there were, the Native Americans were forced out of hunting lands and, and, and foraging lands where they found, I guess, wild potatoes and stuff like that, you know, things mm-hmm. to eat. Utah's not the, the best, doesn't have the best climate. It's not got the best, most for, fertile soil, soil. Mm-hmm. And, in the world, so you know you're gonna hunt where you hunt. And you're gonna find food where you find yeah, food, and that's not really gonna scarce. change. Yeah, right. So they got forced out of there, and they started starving. Uh, they started getting sick with uh, smallpox and other diseases, um, and they started to get upset about it. Mm-hmm. I think anybody would, right? Our whole entire life, our lives have changed in a dramatic way, and it's not it's not good. All right, so in 1872, they made a, um, they kind of made a treaty. Uh, Black Hawk, 
he'd been injured a year earlier and had tuberculosis. And um, so he, he kind of gave up and, and said, all right, this isn't getting us anywhere. We've got, I've got to try to save my people. The Utes were sent to the Uintah Reservation. It's, it's spelled U-I-N-T-A-H. And I'm assuming that's where Utah gets its name. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, um, so they were moved, uh, moved into that reservation. And um, in 1865, there was about 23,000 um, Utes in the area and in 1872 there was around 10,000 um so they didn't really get a good a good deal on this the land that they got for the reservation wasn't good land uh it wasn't any of their good hunting land or foraging land or anything like that so they got moved there then they had to rely on the government and rely on government agents back in 1872 who were crooked Mm -hmm. and stealing money and stealing things from them and and um so people were still starving. They were, it was, it was awful. In 2008, there was around 3,120 Northern Utes that registered in the reservation. So, you know, just almost wiped out, uh, by today. So, mm-hmm. so again, the white man comes in and ruins a, uh, a society. Um, you know, we talked a lot about that. It's just, it's just a harsh reality. I mean, you can't say anything different. You can't say that, that we did any good in this, you know, we it was their land we came in and took it you know say what you want to say about me but that wasn't right so um but moving on after that i said that was 1872 when all when the black hawk war ended um there was another guy in the area at the time in 1869 john wesley powell this dude sounded pretty cool um he he was a a geologist and he led expeditions on the Green River and the Colorado River, and he was the he was the leader of the first United States government the United States government uh, sponsored passage to the to the Grand Canyon. So that was pretty neat. He hmm. was that guy. But anyway, he ended up in the 1870s. Uh, some settlers that were in the area in Utah around Escalante met members of his expedition, and him he was there, and he suggested. Uh, Powell did. He suggested that they name name the town Escalante in honor of the the explorer that mm-hmm. came through before. Uh, of course, he would have known who he was because he was using his maps, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And his uh, he had a uh, Escalante had a uh, journal, a pretty extensive journal journal that um he was looking at and all that kind of stuff. So he uh, he'd probably been thinking about this guy his entire trip. Um, so they named it Escalante. In 1875, uh, the people, the settlers, came back and they surveyed and laid out 20-acre parcels for farming and then smaller city lots. Um, and then in 1876, they came back and built the uh, first home. Like, they didn't stay there during the winters because it was just too rough at first. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any, any, any houses, so they, they'd go back to another town that was already settled and then every spring come back here. So uh, It was known for cattle. Uh, cattle and sheep ranching, uh, dairy farming, logging, and mining. And then in the 1930s, the CCC that we've talked about before, the Civilian Conservation Corps, you know, they were all over the United States, and it was after the, you know, after, after the Great Depression and the government helping people uh, work and developing uh, roads and, and bridges and just all kinds of things, trails, all kinds of things all across the United States. Uh, giving people jobs and getting things done for the, for the government. 
so they came in and they built better roads to the uh, Posey Lake and to uh, Boulder, Utah. Um, and then around the same time, the federal government took control of surrounding lands around Escalante, and that really messed up the mining and the logging and some of the ranching and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So the people that were there like, oh, we can't make Start a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't make a living anymore. So they all started leaving in the 40s, and that's why that's still why there's only 800 people there. Uh, in 1996, the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument was established. Uh, Bill Clinton did that, so that's our lifetime. That's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that started the tourism in the in the area. Uh, tourism was probably a little bit there, uh, but this kind of made that more uh, prevalent. And uh, so that's what pretty much what the town thrives on now. There's still some ranching and stuff like that around, but if it wasn't for tourism, there probably wouldn't be 800 people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's little shops and 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 hotels and and things like that now that that wouldn't be uh, otherwise. Um, so yeah, that's pretty neat. That that's uh, so that's cool. just Escalante in a nutshell. <laughs> waiting. Yeah, you were waiting on it, and you got it. So there it is. What do you got, Shannon? Okay. I'm assuming that I bet there's all kinds of stories um, from back from back in the. I mean the Wild West days. Yeah, but not enough for me to like tell right. you it's in detail. Little, yeah, there was know. a few like from the um, mid 1800s. There was, but not enough for me to be like really go into. I was watching. There's a there's a show called Diesel Brothers. You ever seen that? Mm-mm. It's about diesel trucks and these guys <laughs> in Utah that build they build diesel trucks and they have they have a. They have a website, diesel sellers, and anything. Anyway, they've got a they got a YouTube channel, and these guys are very rich now, so they can do fun stuff. Like they've got uh-huh. enough employees to take care of the day to day, where they can go out and have fun. And the one guy's a, can fly a helicopter. Oh gosh! And they've got all these four wheel drive vehicles, and just I mean, all kinds of cool stuff. And it's just like a four year old grew up and had, yeah. you know, became a multimillionaire <laughs> and. Instead, I, I want to buy all these cool toys that I had when I was a kid. Yeah, that's the dream, so, right? Yeah. So <laughs> these guys are living it, and they went out in the Utah desert and took metal detectors. They're like, let's go try to find something cool. So they went to Costco, <laughs> bought a bunch of metal detectors, and they went and like flew up on this, this, I don't know, flew up on this mountain or somewhere out uh-huh. in Utah. They found anything? Yeah. <laughs> they found like some dude had b- buried a knife and. Uh, they found some coins. I can't remember all of what was there, but they found something that this guy had buried. Oh my gosh! And they don't know. I mean, of course, they don't know the whole story, but it right. was just like they could tell about the 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 time frame and all that kind of stuff. And there might have even been there might have been identification. I can't remember, but it was just cool. Hmm. These guys, and I guess there's stuff like that all over. There's mines all over Utah, mm-hmm. just just dotting it, and they're open. And uh, did you hear about the monolith? Out there in Utah? No. Like somebody put a monolith, you know what that, you know what I'm talking about. Just like a it was like a three sided statue yes. that was made out of stainless steel. Yes. Out in the middle of nowhere. And it looked like an alien, like, like an people alien, were yeah. saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well these guys were like some of the first people <laughs> to make it out there. Like they figured out where it was because it was kinda hush hush. Uh-huh. They kind of found out where it was and how to get there and they flew their helicopter out there and went to it. And um uh, there was already people there. They were like they were looking at it and they found out too because it was getting out on reddit and all that kind of stuff so did they figure out who did it whoever did it came and got it 
because they did <laughs> things were getting uh things were getting too crazy and there was people coming in like trashing the area okay too much uh too much publicity too many, yeah too much publicity too many cars coming but it was like down and maybe even the government getting in in there too i mean maybe i'm sure they might saying, have gotten in trouble if they found out who it was but yeah but it was uh that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah but that was in utah and if you if you saw any of those pictures this is kind of what's around escalante the same kind of scenery mm-hmm. it's or that so james, pretty. james franco movie where he cuts his arm off same kind of same kind of deal okay he was in he was in Utah in that movie. Okay, like I don't remember boulder, that movie. A boulder fell and, and trapped his arm. And he was out there by himself, Ugh. and like couldn't get out. Nobody came for days and days, and he had to cut his arm off. And yeah, true story. I don't know if I would do that. Well, it was either that or die is where he came got to. So Phew. I can't really remember the movie. Well, let's hope we don't have to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is what I have. I found. Um, one story that just kept popping up over and over and over. The other ones were the 18, mid 1800s. And every time I tried to really look, I just couldn't get enough, um, to give you guys. But Clay Brewer was just a 17 year old student who was described as a fun loving young man who loved baseball and making others laugh. Unfortunately, at 15 years old, Clay was getting into some trouble with drugs, he, be, he started with alcohol, moved to marijuana, went to prescription pills, cocaine. Like, That's not good, Clay. Yeah, not good. So, of course, his family started to notice a big change in his behavior. According to an article in 2KUTV out of Escalante, his mother had tried everything she could to help him with his addiction. According to an article in... 2KUTV out of Escalante. His mother had tried everything she could to help him out with his addiction. You know, I can imagine as a mom, you know, seeing your son who's only 15 at the time going right. through this spiral. And so it must have been really hard for her and her husband. Yeah, already on hard stuff. That's, that's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eventually, Clay's parents sent him to a rehabilitation center for help. So the down payment for this center, Jason, was fifteen thousand dollars just for the down payment, and I what read two thousand sixteen. Okay, not too long. Ago. Yeah, so fifteen grand just for a down payment, and I think it was going to be close to forty thousand for the whole thing. Wow. So that's how desperate right. this family was to save their son. While Clay was at the rehab center, he was having horrendous withdrawals, as you would if you're on hard drugs like cocaine and prescription pills, and he even tried to commit suicide by drinking bleach. During his stay at the Turnabout Ranch, which also I read in a different article that um, the Turnaround Ranch was Dr. Phil had recommend, he recommends people to go there that have like addiction and stuff so it's a pretty popular um rehabilitation center but his mother had found out that clay was not allowed to wear shoes had little food and could only sleep inside the cabin if it got too cold outside and on december 6 2016 only the fifth day of clay's stay at the rehab center he stated that he woke up that morning feeling heartless and that he had just lost his mind so he just I think he just cracked and he was just going through those terrible withdrawals and just couldn't, he couldn't handle it. And the day before is when he drank the bleach to try to kill himself. Oh, 
poor kid. Yeah. So I mean, this is, I mean, fifteen. Yeah. I well, he's seventeen. Yeah, well, yeah. been going through mm-hmm. all this for a while. So, right. I mean, just seventeen still feeling like this. Yeah. It's not. You know, he's going through a lot, and the kids just don't understand mm-hmm. how to deal with their emotions yeah, anyway, and it. how to yeah. Then he's got he's got chemicals on top of that, mm-hmm. trying to. Yeah, it's a lot, lot for a kid. It is a lot, it's a lot for anybody. Seventeen-year-old mm-hmm. kid. That's it's t- that's tough. Yeah. So Clay went out to speak to a sixty-year-old Jimmy Woosley, who was a staffer at the rehab center. Um, Jimmy had tried to talk to Clay about, you know, just like making good choices, and Clay was saying he was wanting to leave and he wanted to escape the the rehab and he was trying to get him to stay and that's when things turned dark and clay started to beat woosley with a metal stick that he found earlier that morning so he hit woosley in the face and head over 10 times there was another resident at the rehab who witnessed the beating but was told by clay not to say anything so he another person that was there for treatment saw him beating him so clay beating the guy. yeah the 60 year old staffer and apparently he moved him like he felt like the 60 year old fell down on the ground he moved his body put a sleeping bag over the top over top of him um so as soon as the resident who witnessed it got to another female staffer because she was the closest one right he told her like this yeah. happened oh my god this happened well when that happened and clay found out that she knew he ran towards her. She took off running. There was other people in another cabin, and she tried to close the door. Well, as she was closing the door, he had already got to the door, and she was holding on to the side of the door, and right. he was hitting her with the middle. The Yeah, oh, and man. so it – and it was hitting her in the head with it also, but it actually disabled her. He beat her so much in the hands. Oh, like, wow. she's still now – like, I mean, I guess it was pretty rough – um, but he was telling her, like, give me the keys, like, car keys, like, he wanted to get out of there. Um, she made a split decision, like, okay, here's the keys, and she threw them. Like, here it is, yeah, which was job. which was good yeah. because he could have hurt the residents and her. So he got the keys, grabbed them, got in the car, took off. Police chased – police authorities were chasing him. Um, he was going, like – 80 miles an hour he ended up they he flipped his car and hit a tree and they got him um and he just seemed like the authorities said he just seemed like totally blank like didn't really, really it kind of it just makes you kind of sad because it's it's like it's not really him right. but it is him you know yeah. what i mean not to what he did was terribly wrong and awful um but going through withdrawals and stuff like that like yeah, i mean it can- been through a lot. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, still not good. And it no. doesn't, doesn't exp- make anything better. He still. Yeah, he still did it. Yeah. yeah. And it was premeditated because he went out and got a stick, like right. that metal pole before 7 a.m. So he had this planned, like right. what he was going to do. He was going to try to escape. And if anybody got in his way, he was going to take care of him. Right. So anyway, um, after the high-speed chase, they were able to apprehend him after he hit the hit a tree. He pled guilty for first-degree felony count of murder, which carries five years to, li- to a life sentence, and a second-degree felony for aggravated assault, which carries a one- to 15-year prison term. 
So. <clears throat> so how long was he expected to be in? At least five years. Okay. But he, he was 17 at the time, but they tried him as an adult, I guess, since he was so close. Um, but a lot of that community is so small. Right. They knew the 60-year-old really well. They knew his family really right. well. And so, you know, this, the articles I was reading that everyone was just so upset, like the judge knew this kid right. and yeah. knew that he was a good kid. And he, he even said during his trial, like, I don't hate you. Like, right. this wasn't, this isn't you. Like, you know, so just that small town, like, community coming in and, like, wanting to support you, but knowing, you know, what you did was what wrong, did, too. Yeah. And there's another family that's suffering. And right. so it's just a sad situation. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is tough on a small town like that. You know, this kid, this kid killing this guy is just, that's not good. And I... I hope he's, you know, if he's eligible for parole after five years, I hope he gets gets help while he's in there. Mm-hmm. Well, they I said really they said that he's already within two years, like being off drugs and stuff. Like he yeah. says, that there's not a day, like he was quoted and saying, like there wasn't a day that he didn't think about this man right. and how, you know, he just hopes that one day he can ask for his forgiveness later on, like right. you know, when after he dies and stuff, and that he is just incredibly sorry and that his main job is to live the best way he can and tell others about addiction and how it can control your life and the mistakes that you can make. So I hope that that is what he's doing and because people can, you know, they can change and they can get by that and get through it. Mm -hmm. And he was young. So hopefully just his age, uh, getting older and, and I hope when he gets out, I hope, you know, murder's never good. And it's always tough talking about true crime. Like I always say, but, you know, sometimes you feel for the people. You feel for the mm-hmm. not not. You also feel. I mean, you obviously feel for the victims. Um, but you know, in this case, you kind of feel for this kid because you know he was a kid. He was a kid, mm-hmm. and he yeah. feels remorse now. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, if that was my grandpa, I, I probably would not want him to get out. I Actually, I would not want him to get out. So this I is know. just a tough situation. It is. It is. I I I would feel for him, but I probably wouldn't want to want him to get out of prison. That's for sure. But if it was my son, yeah, I know. See, <laughs> I know. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is tough. Well, all right. <laughs> I feel like this is always just so hard I, to wrap up. I know it. Yeah. Well, like we always say, this uh, true crime doesn't define the town. It's just a a brief a brief part of the history. Um, there's a lot of other history that was good in this town. And a lot of things to do that are awesome mm-hmm. around this town. Um, go on to TripAdvisor, and you all can do the same thing. I'll link it. Uh, some of the cool things to do around there is you can go to the top attractions. It's uh, Calf Creek Falls Recreation Area, Peekaboo Gulch, the Devil's Garden, Scenic Byway Route 12, Spooky Gulch, Escalante, it's Petrified Forest State Park, Um uh, you ever been to a petrified forest? No. You've never been out west, have you? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's that well, you've been to California. I mean, not yeah, like in between. But... Yeah, it's like these rocks that look exactly like logs that fell over and then they just turned to rock hmm. over time. But anyway, uh, or they're fossilized, I guess. Something like that. <laughs> that whole list seems really dark. Yeah. Zebra Slot <laughs> Canyon, uh Hell's Backbone Road. I looked at that. I, I went on YouTube and I went down a little rabbit hole. I watched some, and I uh, I watched a, a Jeep that went off the road. Like this dude had a, a GoPro on the front of his Jeep, 
and another Jeep comes from up above, like crashing down the hill and it goes across the road and oh keeps gosh. going and out of frame. And uh, evidently the guy had stepped out of his Jeep, but his, his wife or girlfriend the, was in the was still in the Jeep and it started to roll, started to roll like oh the parking my. brake went out. And it started to roll and he tried to jump back in to stop it and it didn't. It kind of knocked him down. He got hurt. And then she got ejected up the hill. Uh, anyway, it's crazy. You can find that on YouTube on the Hell's Backbone. Uh, just put in Hell's Backbone Jeep, and you can see that. Uh, there's some. There's another. Um, there's all kinds of YouTube videos you can watch about people going through, and I might link one that I watched. It was pretty cool. Um, hole in the Rock Road. There's some story about uh, some of the settlers that were coming, blew a hole, uh, blew up and made a hole in a rock so they could get their wagons through or something maybe uh so, no i mean that is what it is oh maybe. okay i thought that but was like a <laughs> but it's like a i never well you said maybe like <laughs> oh, okay. well. and coyote gulch is number 10 but there's that that whole area um is just beautiful and i was talking about um the grand staircase escalante national monument uh there's some there's there's still some things out there. There's like uh, there's one place that Trump or that uh, excuse me um, Obama he he protected it. Then Trump like took some of it back and uh, like opened it back up. And any, anyway, so I think that'll probably end up being closed down again. Uh, but there's some controversy around some of the land and the usage of the land and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, that you can find if you want to get into that too. So, really beautiful area. Escalante is a cool little town. Uh, small town. Stop by if you're going through Utah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Let's see where we're going next. Let's see where we're going next. We're going to throw the dart. Shannon, it's your turn. <laughs> right. So, Ugh. first hit, two or three hits in Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Okay, Shannon, where'd you, where'd you hit? She didn't hit the, oh, first of all, she didn't hit the Atlantic Ocean. One throw, where'd you get? One throw, and I got Warm Springs, Nevada. Warm Springs, Nevada. Which is close to, what'd you say? I don't, uh, it's, I mean, it's in, it's kind of close to Area 51, Groom Lake. Okay. Not, not too close. I didn't, I didn't look up exactly how far away it is, but it's not too, it can't be too far. Um, it's kind of, uh. Central Eastern Nevada, Nevada, I guess. It's, of course, north of Las Vegas, just about everything. And Nevada's north of Las Vegas. So uh, so we'll see what we can find there. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. It's a small town, I'm sure, Nevada. There's not a whole lot in Nevada other than, than uh, Tahoe, Reno, and, and Las Vegas. And that's pretty much all I know. <laughs> right? Carson City, I think. Is that Nevada? Isn't that the somewhere up around Reno, I think, yeah. up that area. Okay. So I've been I've been to Reno and Las Vegas and around a little bit from Las Vegas to Death Valley or from Fresno to through Death Valley to Las Vegas. That was mm-hmm. a pretty cool little trip. So mm-hmm. anyway, we'll find out about Warm Springs, Nevada. Yes. Next week. Nineteen. Episode nineteen, that's right. <laughs> that's great. Go like, link, and subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you all are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go follow us on Instagram. That's where we where we do most of our stuff. It's Your Town Crime Pod. That's our handle there. Uh, we're also on Twitter at crime underscore town. 
Facebook, just Google search your town crime podcast and, uh, it'll pull up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can also link to us on our, uh, you can also link to all of our socials off of our webpage. It's yourtowncrimepodcast.com. So tell all your friends about us. Word of mouth uh, does a lot. Uh, it's a lot lot cheaper and a lot more efficient than uh, spending money on Instagram or somewhere else to get our name out. You can also find us on the directory at podbelly.com. Uh, we're in there. So you can also find some other podcasts. Yes, so, that you might like. Yeah. But not as much as ours. Not so. as much as ours. You can also learn how to, to create a podcast. That's where I went. That's where I got most of my information was from Podbelly. Yeah. Uh, so go visit them. And um, tell them, send them a note. Say, hey, you, you found, you liked us. They might be able to help us out sometime in the future. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes. If you're listening, Podbelly. Um, <laughs> help get us some sponsors. All right. See y'all next week, episode 19. At Warm Springs, Nevada.